Hey, it's Ian Altman. Before we dive into this week's episode, do me a favor and stop by and visit GiversEdge.com. There are only a few gifts I've received over the years that really stood out, and they were all sourced by the ruling group who you can find at GiversEdge.com. Hey, it's Ian Altman. On this episode, I'm joined by Ryan Roten. Now, Ryan's a speaker, he's a podcaster, and he works with business professionals on their personal branding strategies to really establish and elevate their brands. And we're going to talk to him about the four-step process that he defines with his clients to help build their brands online that helps you gain visibility and get recognized. We'll talk about the biggest mistakes when it comes to developing a personal brand. We'll talk about how you can control certain aspects but can't control other aspects of your brand. And we will go through the step-by-step lessons that he's learned and what it takes to create that brand. And, And by the way, before I dive into this, thanks so much for those of you who have subscribed and share this podcast with other people. It really makes a difference. So without further ado, here's my interview with Ryan Roten. Ryan, welcome to the show, man. And thanks for having me. Honored to be here. Honored? Man, you got to find better company to hang out with then. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, you've got a lot of expertise when it comes to a personal brand and basically making it so that, and I think a lot of times people will overlook why their personal brand matters. So let's start with that, which is, so let's say let's say you work for a company. Let's say you're a sales professional working for someone else. Why should I care about my personal brand? Great question. And everybody should care about their personal brand because your personal brand is is defined by others actually. You you have a brand that's you, it's who you are, but really when it comes to your personal brand, it's what other people say about you when you're not in the room. And I, I borrow that from the person who originally said it, which is Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos. But if you think about it, even though you sit inside of a corporation, you still have a brand, you still interact with people outside of the corporation. And in that regard, every time you say something, post something, uh, do something, present something, you are actually presenting yourself and those people are deciding whether or not they want to do business with you. And in turn, ultimately, they'll want to do business with your company because people do business with people they know, they like, and they trust. And what they see when they see you is your personal brand. Yeah. And I, and I think that the element of trust is so integral to that because people often say, oh, well, man, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's like trust and respect, but man, you know, these guys love me. And what I always challenge people with is I say, look, you know, think of, is there somebody, you know, who you absolutely adore, you may even love them, but for whatever reason, you wouldn't do business with them. And everyone always Mm -hmm. raised their hand. I say, okay, how about, is there somebody who you trust as like the subject matter expert, but they're kind of a jerk. So you wouldn't necessarily, um, you wouldn't necessarily like to work with them, but you work with them anyhow because they're the expert. And people say, oh, yeah. It's like, yeah. okay, so trust actually trumps like in that context. Now, when people are trying to establish their personal brand, what are the biggest mistakes that they make? The single biggest mistake that I think people make is not realizing that they actually have a personal brand. And so uh, what I try to do to help people understand that is there's actually two pieces, I think, to personal branding. One is your personal brand, which is you. It's who you are at your core. It's your strengths. It's the things you gravitate towards. It's, you know, you is, it's, it's the persona that you give off when you walk down a hallway and other people see you do that. 
And then there's a second piece to it, which is personal branding, which is you being intentional about telling the world who you are and how you add value to it. So people need to realize that they have a brand that other people see and recognize their brand. And it gets right back to what we just talked about a minute ago, which is your brand builds that trust and that rapport with people and they will want to do business with you if they like it. It's really very similar to your book, Upside Down Selling, where you talk about the trusted advisors that sit within an organization. Those people are trusted because their brand outwardly tells people that, hey, I like this person. I want to do business with them. So the biggest mistake is just not realizing that you have a brand. Which of the two of your brand and your personal branding, which one, if either, do you as an individual have more control over? Well, you have control over both to an extent, but you only well, you have complete control over personal branding, let's say that. But your personal brand, you have control over only if you understand what how other people perceive you. And a lot of folks don't get that. They don't have the self-awareness of what their personal brand is and those, we'll say, vibes that they give off to other people that can either help establish that trust or not establish that trust. And Personal branding, personal brand, your brand starts with becoming self-aware and knowing how you're perceived by other people. So let me give you a, a quick example of what I mean by that. If you, if you put yourself in a conference room with your peers and you're talking about the latest project and, you know, the mood is kind of light, you're having a good time, you get along with all your peers, you know, you're serious, but there's also some, you know, fun in the air, if you will. During the middle of your meeting, the door opens and a senior leader comes into the room and sits down in the chair. What happens to the mood of that room at that point? One of two things can happen. It can either remain the way it was, kind of fun and lighthearted, and everybody's discussing about the project, or it can all of a sudden become very serious, and everybody's, everybody knows that they need to be serious. And so what just happened in that particular moment is the impact of that senior leader's personal brand on that room. Because everybody observed it, they knew who he was. It's what they say about him when he's not there or she's not there. They know how to act around that person because their brand precedes them. It comes through the door with them. Yeah, so like it, it's like it, in my in my prior business, if my guys were, were laughing it up and I walked into the room, I'd walk in and they'd be like, no, no, Ian, you got to hear this. <laughs> Right? Like, right. So I was just yeah. told the funniest joke. You got to hear it. And it's funny because after I sold the business, the chairman of the, of the, uh, of the acquiring company, he would come in and our people would assume that he was the same personality and he was far from it. So, you know, he wanted everybody to kiss the ring mm -hmm. and, um, and I wanted none of that. So it was always kind of funny. I remember, I remember one time heading up to our, um, in an office in, on Park Avenue in New York. And I headed up there, and the office manager there knew I was coming in. I was the managing director of the parent company at this point. And so I come up, and he's there in a three-piece suit. And our office was business casual. He's there mm -hmm. in a three-piece suit, which I don't even know if people were still wearing them, but they were. And um, and I come in, and he's waiting for me like at the elevator around the time that I should be getting there. He's, oh, Mr. Altman, let me carry your bag and this and that. And so I, I said, hey, before we look at the office and everything, because it was a new office, can you show me your office? He says, yeah. So we, we get in his office, and I said, hey, James, do you wear a three-piece suit to the office every day? He goes, well, no, but I knew you were coming in. I said, okay, 
I'm not that guy. <laughs> it's like, dude, like, just like take the tie off, take the jacket off. Let's hang out and see what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you touch on a good point too. your clothes, how you dress. Yeah. That says something about you to other people as well. It's all, it's all part of what creates your brand. You know, and if we go back to that conference room just for a minute, if you imagine the same room with your peers sitting in it, talking about the project, and this time when the door opens, you're the one that walks in. How do your repair, your peers react to that? That's great. So we, we all have a brand and we need to be aware of what that brand is because until we're aware, we can't really control it. And ultimately, we can never really control it because it's somebody else's opinion, but we can certainly craft it in the manner that we want to be known for. Yeah. And, and I know, I know that you've got a specific process that you, that you help people with that takes them through kind of a, a four step process to establish and elevate individuals' brands and professionals' brands. So can you walk us through that? Yeah, sure, absolutely. So the the process is re- I refer to it as DICE. It took me many, many months to come up with that <laughs> with that acronym. But the first step It's not in, like an Andrew Dice Clay reference, is it? No, no, no. Okay, no, just, it's a family show. I'm just making sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well I tried to come up with something that was just three letters and it just didn't work. So yeah. <laughs> So the first step in the DICE process is to define or discover what your personal brand is. And we just kind of talked through that. So I will help people walk through exercises to help them become more self-aware so that they know and understand themselves better, who they are, the type of work that they like to do. And I even actually have them go out, reach out to people they consider to be trusted advisors yep. and have ask for feedback from them to say, look, here's how I think I am, but how do you see me? So that people can really begin to understand you know, what, how they're perceived in business and outside of business. And cool. it's, it's, it's like the most important step in the process, because if you don't know how you, how people see you, or you don't know, you know, you don't establish that baseline for yourself, all the other stuff doesn't really matter anyway. Yeah. And so once you've defined yourself, you, you now begin to move into the next phases of the process. And the next step specifically is integrate, which is now you, now that you know who you are, you're going to develop an intentional strategy to put yourself out there online. So that you can be found in search, so that you give the persona that you want, so that people, when they search for you, begin to see what it is that you're known for. So what's what's an example of that? So, for example, one of the things that I coach people to do, especially those who are trying to become known for something, is they... We, we will put together a website for them. We'll put together their branding for their website. We'll determine the right social media channels for them to be on because just because there's a hundred social media channels does not mean you need to be on all of them. You need to pick one or two where your audience or your customers reside. And then we'll establish what I call outposts, which could be industry, uh, industry associations where it's a good place to have your name. Uh, we'll rewrite all your bios for your social media so that it says the same because in the important, in the integrate step, the important piece is congruency. It's making sure that what you say offline aligns with what you put online and that when people search for you, they know they find the right you. And the reason that this particular step is so important to me is that when I started my journey, you know, almost four years ago now, one of the first things that I did was I, I Googled myself and much to my surprise, I, deter- I, I found out that there were three other Ryan Rotens in the United States. Yep. 
And one of the three, Ryan Rotens, just happened to have been arrested for selling drugs. And so he appeared on the first page of Google five different times. And this, this Ryan Roten didn't appear in Google until page three. And I had no strategy. I had no idea what I was doing to, to not be online, but I started to learn and research and figure it out. And integrate is really getting yourself out online and telling the world who you are and how you add value so that when people search for you, they can figure that out very quickly. So Ryan, now you're, now you're making me and everybody else nervous about Googling themselves. Yeah, so. well, it's it's a key step in this particular portion of the process. Integrate. You got to go Google yourself. I got to Google myself and see where I come up. You, you show up pretty good in search. Yeah. <laughs> I already did that for you, so okay. you're good. So we're we're okay there. So so we've got discover and define. We've got integrate with this intentional strategy. What's the C? Yeah, so integrate helps people get to know you, right? So they're going to Google you. They know you. Then we move into C, which is create. And so now we're going to begin to create content. And that content, yep. to, that content can be written. It can be audio or video, you know. And if you're fortunate enough to be able to contribute to online uh, publications like Forbes or Inc.com, that all counts. Where, <laughs> so, you know. So, well, I got lucky there. All right, cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, where, and, and where you start really depends on your comfort level, but, but what, the point of create is, is you're starting to put your thought process out online. You want to be known for something. And the only way people will know you for something is to first establish a presence online and then to start to talk about it a lot. And the other thing that create does is it helps people get a feel for you and who you are and what your thought process is. And honestly, they'll either like you or they won't. And that's okay. It's totally okay. And I just want to make sure that our audience knows because this is an important thing. I mean, people now, they'll say, oh, yeah, I read you on Forbes and I read you on Inc. Rest assured, the first article that I posted was on my blog. Mm -hmm. And aside from, you know, aside from, I think, my dad, my wife, and my dog, I don't know if anyone else ever read it. <laughs> and, and eventually, I created enough content and I said, look, I'm going to create an article every single week. Um, whether people read it or not, but I'm going to get this stuff out there. And after a little while, the business journal publication said, Hey, you seem to have some relevant content. Would like to, um, start sharing your stuff with our, um, with our audience. And then eventually mm -hmm. the Huffington Post said, Hey, wouldn't we be a better fit? And then eventually Forbes said, Well, wouldn't we be better than Huffington Post? And now yep. I write for Inc. also, but I, I just, I, I don't want people to feel like, Look, you have to be in a national publication. In fact, in most cases, having just a niche, it doesn't matter how many people view it. If 10 people view it, but it's 10 of the right people, that's better than a million people viewing it and none of them are the right fit. Yeah, exactly. And you know, you didn't you didn't start out just by going immediately to Forbes and Inc and saying, "Hey, I want to write for you." It doesn't work that way. You have to build up that you have to build up that trust, if you will, with your audience. You have to put out enough content so people get a feel for who you are and and what it is that you do. And you know, and as an example, just this past week, I participated. Last week, Mashable reached out to me and they asked me to be one of their featured guests on a Twitter chat for Mashable this past week. That wouldn't cool. happen. That wouldn't happen my first time out writing a blog post, right? Yeah. It takes time to do that and it takes time for people to get to know and get to like you. It's kind of like dating, you know, you don't, you, people aren't, may not know what, how they feel about you after the first date, but after the second date, the third date or whatever, they start to get a feel for who you are and they'll decide, okay, I like this person or I don't. And that is what the create step does for you. Yeah. 
So we, we discover or define our personal brand. We integrate with intent, an intentional strategy so people get to know us. Then we create content. And what's the E? The E is engaged. And engage is really where you start to build trust with people. So during this step, we're going to start to interact with those people who have liked our content, who are starting to follow us, you know, to you borrow from Seth Godin, you know, our tribe at this point. And you do you know, you can do engage in a number of different ways. It doesn't have to be picking up a phone and calling people. Although I do that still, I will call up some people from, you know, from my audience, if they like something and I have a, a way to do that, I will, but you can like people's stuff on social media. You can comment on their stuff. You can do social, uh, you you can do social media, you can do speaking, email newsletters. Another great way to engage with people, especially influencers, to reach out to them is to curate content of theirs and say things to nice things to them like, hey, I loved this post, great work. It's a way to engage those people. And another good way, as I just mentioned, is Twitter chats. I really I personally really love Twitter chats and I think that people should participate in a more because it's just another great way to engage with your audience. And at the same time, you're creating content and you're letting people know that, Hey, I, I know my stuff and it's just another place for people to begin to like you and to begin to build that trust with you. Yeah, man, I'm feeling inadequate. I haven't done any Twitter chats, So like uh, now I'm totally irrelevant. You got to start, man. Twitter chats are great. At least, at least until they, you know, something happens to the company. <laughs> exactly. You know what? Well, so so far, I mean, everyone's everyone's been talking about their their um their imminent demise, but I don't really see it happening yet. But uh, maybe I'm missing something there. The thing I like about Twitter the most is there's no gatekeepers on Twitter, yep. and it allows you to engage with people that you would never think you could engage with otherwise. And it's just it's the only platform out there that's that's like that. I mean, if somebody has a Twitter account. Odds are they're going to want to engage in some kind of conversation with you. And I think where people get tripped up with Twitter and a lot of these other social media things and where they they try to engage but they actually burn the trust is that they use these platforms to try to get a conversion instead of having a conversation. Yeah. Well, and I, I think that's the, that's the big thing is people sit out there and – and it's like it's it's the it's the equivalent. My buddy Derek Coburn, who wrote "Networking Is Not Working," Derek says it's like the equivalent of walking into a networking event, standing on a table, and saying, "Look how great I am," and wondering yep. why no one cares. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I liken Twitter to a pub. If you yeah. think about going, you think about going into a pub. It's loud. There's lots of things going on, but. Really what's happening is a bunch of small, tiny little conversations are taking place that when put together, it seems loud and confusing. But once you figure out that Twitter is a bunch of small conversations, you can start to figure out where to put yourself and how to in, you know insert yourself into those conversations as opposed to taking that approach and walking right up to the bar, standing on the bar and shouting, hey, pay attention to me. Exactly. Now, And I know that on this, this journey for personal branding for people – it's, you know, obviously there's a lot of people who have gotten there on their own, but if I recall, I mean, you actually create, you've got a, you've got a course that's designed to help people go through this whole personal branding process, right? Yeah, you can find it at the personalbrandingblueprint.com. And really the course is designed to help people, to walk people through the very first step of the dice process, which is to discover and define their brand. Because if you don't know that, Integrating, creating, and engaging won't matter because you won't know what you want to be known for. You won't know how you're perceived in public. And so knowing, becoming self-aware and knowing that, that, 
horse, the portion of your personality that people see, that brand that people know about is a critical step that frankly, a lot of people want to skip and they just want to go right to engage and they may see success for that for a short period of time, but it's not going to last them because they don't know the starting point. They don't know where they came from. And so the personal branding blueprint is all about how do I become more self-aware? How do I determine what my brand is? And then once you have that, then we can move into the other steps. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's fantastic stuff. Now what's the, I'm sure, I'm sure in your career and in this business, there's some lessons that you've learned. So what's the, what's the biggest lesson that you've learned that other people can benefit from? So I'll I'll say this, um, you know, having knowing what I just said, but really it's the importance of gate of engaging and talking directly to your audience once you have one, because you, you need to discover their pain points, just like what you talk about in, you know, same side selling and an upside down selling. You got to know the pain points. You got to know the problems that you can help solve for people and I found this out the hard way because when I first got started, I published an online course that I personally wanted to see out in the world, but I found out very quickly that no one else wanted to see it. Nobody <laughs> wanted, nobody cared because I didn't solve a problem for someone. I just was basically taking knowledge that I had and putting it out online without understanding my audience, without understanding what it is that they needed to help them. Yeah. And of course, that becomes even just the the greater challenge because now your market gets confused. Like, what is this thing, and why is it out there? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's it. And then if you had, and and you know, I know we I know we've touched on this, but if you had one piece of advice for somebody, you know, obviously aside from look, enroll in this course to make sure that you've got the right <laughs> guidance to get there. What's the one piece of advice you'd have for somebody if look you're trying to create your personal brand? Um, you got to get this part right. Yeah. Very simple. Be true to your brand, not the brand that you think other people want you to have. Be you, be who you are, be authentic to yourself. Um, there's a, there's a really good podcast by a guy named Aaron Pearson that I listen to. It's called branding like a boss. And he says in that podcast, something that like made me stop on a treadmill one day, almost flew off of it, but authenticity comes with sacrifice. And what that means is that you have to be yourself. And while you're being yourself, you're going to turn some people away from you. And that's perfectly okay. But what you don't want to do is develop a brand that you think somebody else wants you to have that's not authentic to who you are. So you've got to be true to your brand. Yeah, it's um, it's a funny thing. In, uh, in same-side selling, our reviews on Amazon, every single one of them is a five-star review except for one guy that gave us two stars. And when it came in, my co-author Jack said, man, do you believe this guy? I said, no, no, Jack, this is awesome. If we've pissed one person off, we're doing something right because mm-hmm. it resonates with those other people. But if we kind of hit the middle, we would have had fours and threes. And guess what? We're either getting a five or we got one guy who's a two and it actually makes all the rest of them credible. So it's okay. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, and if you, if you go back to the very first question you asked me, you know, why does it matter to have a personal brand if you work within a corporation? It matters for that reason. You, if you're if you're being yourself, you're going to attract certain senior leaders or hiring managers to you, and they're going to say, "Hey, I want to work with this guy. I want to put this guy in a position where he or she can succeed," as opposed to trying to put out this persona that you believe senior leaders want to see, when in fact it may not even be close to what they're looking for. Yeah. That's that's great insight. So I guarantee our listeners are going to want to reach out to you and find you. What's the best way for them to find you? 
You you can find me anywhere online at, with just Ryan Roten. Just use my name, Ryan Roten. Um, my website is ryanroten.com. I do have a podcast on iTunes called The Brand New You Show where I uh, interview career coaches, recruiters, um, hiring managers, and try to find out the latest tips and tricks on on uh, job search and how you can use your personal brand to impact your career, your career. So you can find me on iTunes as well. Yeah, you know what? It's a uh, it's a great program. Usually, you have brilliant people. I know I've been a guest on the show, but usually <laughs> the people are way smarter than me. So, uh, so and uh, and I know that uh, like my friend Lisa Cummings is someone who we also have as a mutual friend. She's awesome. So anybody is awesome. Anybody who's hanging out with Lisa is good by me, man. <laughs> I, yeah, I agree with you. Lisa's Lisa's awesome. Yeah, excellent. All right. Well, Ryan, thanks so much for uh, for joining us and for sharing your wisdom. Well, thank you again for having me. I greatly appreciate it. I love the content that Ryan shares. Let me give you a quick 30-second recap of the key information I think you can apply to your business right away. And let's dive right into that idea of Ryan's four-step dice process. So first, we want to discover and, de- and define your personal brand. Then we integrate through an intentional strategy where you pick one or two channels, you define your outposts, and you make sure that people can get to know you. Then we create content, which is the C, and the E is engaged, where we have a dialogue and interact and even curate other people's content. And finally, the last lesson he gave us was make sure that you are true to your brand and authentic to yourself. Otherwise, people see right through you. I want to thank those of you who take the time to subscribe and share this with other people. It really makes a big difference. Because remember, this show gets its direction from you, the listener. If there's a topic you want me to cover, if there's a guest you think I should have on the show, which is how I've had some of my most recent guests, then just drop me a note at ian at ianaltman.com. You'll always get a detailed response from me, not just someone on my team. Have an amazing week, add value, and grow revenue in a way everybody can embrace, even your customer.